Hey y'all, we're back. I um, I belong to a number of groups, and I've mentioned this one before. It's uh, on Facebook. It's Modern and Classic Firearms. Very interesting bunch of gentlemen there, and uh, very knowledgeable. Now, one one guy was there. His name's J.R. Bentley, and he put on some pictures of his M1 carbine, and and uh, that got me interested. I, I that's one of I'm a big fan of that particular rifle, and. Uh, it's come close to picking up one, but uh, somehow mine and its path have not connected yet. But that's in the plans, hopefully. But um, I found a bunch of information, and the information I did find was immense. I mean, I, due to the kind constraints I have here with Anchor FM, I've got to keep it under a certain amount. So, and, uh, so I decided, I says, I'm going to do something on this, and... Uh, it's just one of those things that uh, I'm going to do ma mainly an overview. I ain't going to go really deep into it and all the variants and, and the number of countries that use this gun is interesting. But some interesting facts I found was early in 1942, an advisory and oversight committee was created consisting of personnel from the U.S. Army Ordnance and each of the prime contractors. Now, the committee changed names several times, but is commonly referred to as the Carbine Committee. Now, out of the 10 contractors that manufactured the 30 caliber carbines, Winchester was the only one with prior experience manufacturing weapons. Uh, when receiving their contracts, not every one primary contractor had all the tooling necessary to build carbines. Now, the date of the initial contract is not the date of actual production starting. Now, and also, none of the ten primary contractors manufactured all of the parts that went into their carbines. The majority of parts were manufactured by hundreds of companies that served the subcontractors to each prime contractor. Now, each prime contractor had to provide spare parts in addition to the com completed weapon. The uh, amount of spare parts varied, as for an example, every 100 complete carbines, NPM supplied 4 trigger housings, 4% extra, and 40 firing pins, 40% extra, and so on. Now, the quality control purposes, uh, all prime contractors and many of the subcontractors were assigned a letter code, or manufacturer's mark, to place on their particular parts. Now, the U.S. carbine M1 has its origins in the year 1938 due to a demand of the American infantry for a light rifle, comparable to the carbine for, of the cavalry of yesteryear. Now, this weapon was intended to replace the standard rifle and pistols used by drivers, machine gunners, mortar teams, officers, artillery men, telecommunication soldiers, specialists, vehicle crews, cooks, field priests, and other members of the armed forces whose primary action was not as a rifleman. Now, because the standard M1 Garand rifle was too heavy and too big, and the Colt 1911 pistol did not have sufficient range and effectiveness at that ranges, so they came up with this. Now, however, this claim was rejected undoubtedly for financial reasons. After the outbreak of World War II, however, the application was resubmitted in 1940 and this time was received more favorably. 
As the U.S. Army was now expanded in production of the standard M1 Garand rifle was already strained to the extreme. Now, by October of 1940, the design specifications had been prepared and passed around to numerous gunsmiths. In addition, Winchester received an order to design a special ammunition cartridge to shoot a 110 grain bullet at the speed of 1860 feet per second. This was officially called the 30 short rifle cartridge and was largely based on an older commercial cartridge, the Winchester 32 automatic sporting rifle cartridge. It was uh, a pistol-like 30 caliber cartridge but with increased power which allowed shooting up to 330 yards. Now we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Now 11 companies submitted weapons for testing. Some were immediately rejected and others uh, which looked promising were sent back for further development work and finally seven were admitted uh, to the tests. Now for these, the Winchester design was accepted, which, was, uh, which used a modification of the bolt on the Garand rifle with a gas piston with a stop, originally developed for potential military rifle. The Garand design was perfected by David M. Williams. Now, the gas pressure function used as a captive piston, which covered a distance of one-third of an inch, now the piston strikes an operating uh, slide which provides enough energy to push the slide back against the force of the return spring. The backward movement of the bolt also cocks a hammer before the spring pulls back, loading a new cartridge and locking the bolt. Now, the self-loading carbine M1 was introduced in October of 1941 and in the spring of 1942 it began mass production at nine factories. Almost six million of these were produced and uh, there by the end of the Second World War, more than the standard M1 Garand rifle in the American Armed Forces. During the war, the design was further perfected, including a simpler visor and bayonet holder. Now, the opinions about the carbine in use differed. It was undoubtedly a very easy weapon to handle, light and easy to use, and uh, and to store anywhere, for example, in vehicles or airplanes. Now, however, the bullets were more like pistol rifles, uh, pistols than a rifle. So, as a result, the accuracy was not satisfactory at longer distances. The weapon was only effective up to about 100 yards. The effectiveness of the uh, projectiles after a hit was also somewhat lacking Now, at that distance. Nevertheless, the German Wehrmacht was sufficiently convinced of the weapon that it would use the numerous captured specimens under the designation, I can't pronounce it, it's in German, but I'll take a shot. It looks like Selbelasker something or other carbine, 455A, in the last phase of the war in Europe. So they captured them, they were putting them to use. And from what I understand and what I read, they liked them. Also, the U.S. Marines in the Pacific took, uh, took over more and more in the U.S. carbine M1s. Also, with the combat troops, they liked it because it represented a smaller uh, load in the jungle war than the standard rifle, and here the relatively short range was not too big a disadvantage. Now, despite the mass production during the war, the M1 uh, was hardly used afterwards. Many police units used it later, 
and uh, but mainly because of its weak bullet which was a safer in most situations than more powerful cartridges you're in a closer combat with them you're in a closer field you know so it's going to work now typically for this was uh, the use was for the royal ulster constabulary in northern ireland which used the m1 carbine against the ira now another problem was the spread of the 30 cartridges during the war the cartridges were produced in the millions but since then it was hardly used for any important weapon system afterwards there's hardly any supply of it now i disagree with that i just saw them hornady makes them and uh so they are out there but according to the information i was getting there hard to come by well I find that hard to believe anyway the M1A1 like the M1 was the with a pistol grip and a folding skeleton stock now this version was intended for parachute troops and was built from May of 42 until the end of the war and they made about 140,000 of them now the version uh, the M2 version with fully automatic fire now it cons cons corresponded to the M1 except for an additional selector lever on the left side for fire mode. Standardized in September of 1944 with a special 30 round magazine it was that was developed for it. Now the cyclic rate of fire was about 750 rounds a minute. The weapon did not appear with the troops until the end of the war and a total of 550,000 of them were built. Most of them after the Second World War. Now the M3, that's an M2 with an open sights that are removed and instead of an infrared te teles uh, telescopic sight, a sniper scope was attached, standardized in August of 1945. Now there were 2,100 of these built. Now I, I got to looking through the, uh, the, the builders here, the subcontractors, and I've been told Singer built some. Well, the only thing I could find out about Singer, and I talked to a number of people, in fact, I'm getting ready to talk to a friend that has one, it was they built so many. Now, during World War II, the company suspended sewing machine production to take on government contracts for weapons and manufacturers. Now, this is coming from a memo that Singer had. Now, factories in the U.S. supplied Americans with Norton bomb sites, M1 Garand rifles, and M1 1911s, while factories and <laughs> the other guys were making weapons. But uh, in 1939, the company was given a production study by the government to drop pistols, uh, drop plans to develop standard raw material sizes for building the M1911A1 pistols. Uh, the next year, April 17, 1940, Singer was given an educational order of 500 units with serial numbers S-800,001 and S-800,500 and, uh, and uh, the educational order was a program set up by the U.S. Ordnance Board to learn how easily a company with no gun making experience could tool up from scratch to build weapons for the government. After the 500 units were delivered to the government, the management decided their expertise would be better suited uh, in producing artillery and bomb sites. Now, the pistol tooling and manufacturing machines were transferred to Remington Rand, and some went to the Ithaca Gun Company originally. And uh, original and correct Singer pistols are highly desired by collectors. 
in excellent condition. Singer pistols sell anywhere from uh, $25,000 to $60,000. Current collector value is as high as $80,000 at auction. And I understand some people that have Singer carbines, that's the receiver. They ended up making the receiver for it, and those got shipped out, and they got finished with different barrels and everything on them. But, and they are very, very collectible. But uh, the days of the $400 gun show carbines are over. There are de dedicated collector groups, the Carbine Club, in a sense, and books by carbine historian Larry Ruth, his, as well as field editor Bruce Canfield, have been up the collectability of the carbine greatly. Now, original carbines, especially in high condition, are rare, and they're collecting field unto themselves. Uh, even beat-up guns, even the beat-up, trashy guns go upward to $700 these days. Some ridiculous are, are, how ridiculous are the prices? Now, in 2008, an inland M1A1 paratrooper carbine with an ironclad D-Day provenance sold at auction for $20,125. Now, Winchester, even though it was invented there, wasn't the largest producer. The ad owner goes to Inland Manufacturing Company at General Motors with uh, 2,362,097. Winchester made 828,059, followed by Underwood Elliott Fisher at 545,616. Saginaw Steering Gear, 517,212. International Business Machines, or IBM, at 346,500. And standard products at uh, 247,000. Rockola, yeah, the jukebox maker with 228,500. Quality hardware at 359,666. National postal meter at 413,017. And Irwin Pedersen made a few thousand, but they had problems and they had a bow out. But it's an interesting gun, a lot, a lot of history there. So I couldn't go on too much further because of my time restraints, like I mentioned with uh, Anchor FM, but uh, it's a good gun. It's on my wish list. It's been there for years. Somehow we just don't seem to be contact connecting here, but I'm going to get one eventually one of these days, and hopefully I'll still be good enough to shoot it. Anyway, so if you got any bitches, gripes, or complaints, feel free to call, uh, to, uh, Send me an email at gunsmoke at yahoo.com. That's G-U-N-S-M, smoke, all lowercase, at yahoo.com. Or check us out on Facebook at Gunsmoke Gunsmoke and uh, send us some pictures. You know, send us some info. Send us down. Send a friend's request. Love to hear from you. So until the next time, y'all take care.